Welcome to the Lifestyle Chase. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. Proudly hosted by me, Chris Little. Without further ado, let's get started. We are on episode 19 of the Lifestyle Chase. I have with me a long time coming. I have Jordan Jeske. What's up, buddy? Not too much. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. No problem. I'm pumped. All right, how's all right. Your day? How's your day going so far? Uh, Friday, Friday afternoons are always a good day. Yeah, Sweet. can't complain. Train clients and then uh, do a little workout and now we're here. So a typical day. Let's pick out your busiest day of your week. What? How does it go? Oh, geez. Okay. Uh, I got a few of those, but Mondays are typically my busiest. I'm So I'm usually here at 6 a.m. at the gym. Uh, I have clients... Every hour on the hour, straight through until about 2 p.m. And then I usually have, right now, I have about a hour and a half, two hour break. And then kicks in around 4, 4.30. And then uh, we got classes at 6. Uh, and then sometimes I have people after the class at like 7.15. So by the time I'm here at 6 and I get home at probably 8, 8.30, sometimes 9. So that's, uh, that's usually my Monday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Crap. Yeah, so you definitely like you have some breaks here and there. You get some cancellations and whatever, but yeah, she's uh, she's she's along when I take Tuesday mornings off to uh, kind of do any sort of business stuff I need to catch up on stuff, emails, all that. Uh, like I said, Wednesdays is about the same. Thursdays are a mix of just straight through all in, um, and then Fridays I like to treat myself to afternoons off. So I'm usually in here from six to twelve, maybe one, and then take the afternoon off and then back in here Saturday. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Um, what what route do you typically take to get here? Do you go past the mall? <laughs> the road? No, I'm actually downtown. So I live just north of Oliver Square. So I, uh, I jump onto 111th Ave, cruise all the way down here off to 107th, and I'm here in like 10 minutes, so it's perfect. So I don't have to go perfect. by any of that busy stuff. It's pretty good. I was going to say, like, I got stuck at West Ed around there for about 10 minutes, and it's because, like, people are – stalling their vehicles people are congesting the area christmas shopping. oh especially now yeah and it's like there's so many stores around the city that you could go to but no you gotta go to west ed like, yeah that's what has what i need yeah every yeah it's Close madhouse yeah madhouse <laughs> yeah 100 percent. got all your christmas shopping done we're all done we're all done we don't uh i just got from my nieces and nephews i have two two nieces and two nephews so we just uh all the, like my mom always asks me. She's like, "What do you want for Christmas? What do you want for your for your birthday?" And I'm like, "Like unless you want to buy me, like I guess I could use some more pots and pans, um, but unless you want to, you know, buy me some new tires or things like that, right? I don't really. I have everything I need, so it's kind of nice just to be able to spoil the the nieces and nephews and do that thing. And then, you know, ideally we, you know, try and give experiences and stuff like that to to each other for for family or whatever. So totally. we're all ready to rock for Christmas." Got a lot of time, like blocked out for family. Do you have things planned? Yeah, we usually we usually have. It's gonna be pretty quiet this year, um, as you know. My brothers, you know, they're married, have their other families. My cousins, stuff like that too. Back when we were kids, it was madhouse, right? You got like three or four four dinners, and we used to you know play a ton of games and all that sort of stuff. We still do that, but it's uh, we'll just be with our direct family this year. So I'll go to the go to the parents' house for Christmas Eve, and then the, all the family gets together Christmas Day, and we'll hang out and do some stuff. But I'm taking taking some time off to relax, and then also gear up for 2019. So it'll be good. Sweet. Yeah, man. Got big plans in the works for 2019. Oh, we got lots of things. What are your five goals? Personal goals, professional goals, things that you're really wanting to do? Uh, that's something 
that I am in the works of putting together still. Um, for me, it's continually um, kind of expanding the gym and, and kind of building, um, you know, coaching, culture, and community and stuff within the gym and what we're trying to do here. So as we test new things out and the classes, we're starting to roll those a little bit more and adding new classes. And um, so a lot of these different things, we have kind of a, an idea, a map of, of next year. And then once we start to execute on those, they'll start to, you know, deliver more opportunities and we'll start to see where kind of things go. Um, but for me, yeah, it's I'm in the process of taking this time over the next week and a half just to map that out, get a really clear, clear vision, get some good clarity on that. And once that's dialed in, then it's going to be it's going to be go time. I've already mapped out the year as far as like the different events and things I want to do with the gym, uh, the golf society, all that sort of stuff. So it's pretty much the goal is just to try not to burn out and execute on all of them. So totally. Yeah, man. So with burnout and that's something that's so real with yeah. trainers and yeah. stuff. What do you do now, knowing how to combat burnout? Like, what's something that you implement in your week that you make sure it's there to to avoid burnout? Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I just did a post the other day. I've been um, in this cyclical of you know dialed in, not dialed in, back and forth, getting into routine, getting out of routine, and it's honestly been a couple years where. Um, You've been focusing on the last year, obviously growing the gym. Last last year was a big year with events for the Golf Society, and so literally it was just time spent on getting that stuff done, and then literally going home, you know, watching an episode of Netflix or a movie to just completely shut my brain off because it's been wired the whole time, and then back at it the next day. So um, I'm in a process right now where I'm really building these evening and morning routines. And so I find that no matter what my day is like, whether it's a complete shit show or whatever it is, I can always come back to these, these evening and morning routines that help ground me each day, right? So it's my consistency each day that comes back. And, and it's about being intentional. I think the, the times where I've just felt like I was talking to a couple of people a couple months ago when September, October hit, and I was just like, man, I'm just spinning my wheels right now with the, you know, the stuff I have on the go and what I'm trying to build and whatever else. Um, and that was just kind of, you start to spin your wheels and you start to uh, get in these little funks and, and you're not as productive as you want to be. Even though on the outside it looks like you're busy, you're always doing something, it's not efficient productivity. And so um, that's probably it. Like for me, like coming back to like this, these intentional, okay, I defend my last hour of my evening. So I turn off all electronics, I turn on some music, and just like the sun goes down and the animals start to quiet down at night, you start to dim down lights in your house and allow yourself to slowly kind of um, wind down yourself too, right? So turn on some music, start reading a book. I usually read a fictional book uh, versus um, you know a business book or a self-development book or something like that. Something that just allows me to just turn my brain off. Um, for about an hour or hour and a half and then all of a sudden you start to you know meal prep for the next day or whatever but then you start to just wind down yourself and now it's about creating like efficient sleep right so instead of just like having your phone in your face and tv in your face right before you go to bed and all those you know lights and the moving and all that sort of stuff is just kind of getting your brain too active you're now creating efficient sleep so i can now go on six hours sleep or you know maybe less or whatever i get that date but it's efficient sleep so i still feel rest of the next day whereas if i'm not dialed in with that kind of stuff then yeah, I could get eight hours of sleep, but I still feel exhausted. And so you wake up, you get to the gym, and you're just kind of going through all these motions. And it's once that stuff starts to happen and it's consistent and you're not taking care of yourself, then you start to feel that burnout, right? So for me, it's those are my big things. 
owning your evening, which is going to help you own your morning, and that's going to help take on the rest of the day. Um, if you keep on coming back to that, then you kind of rejuvenate and kind of uh, refocus each day. So That's awesome. Yeah, man. And it was cool because, like, you posted that picture and, like, just to kind of see that everybody is human. Like, everybody right. sort of falls off the fitness wagon or, like, inches back from what would be their ideal routine kind of thing. Yeah. And I know that I had that myself. Like, I noticed myself gain a little bit of weight and I was like, holy crap, what's going on? Because, like, the whole thing that got me into the industry was, like, a change in physical fitness. Right. Like, all of a sudden, I started taking better care of myself. I saw the benefits and then I just from like spin to training it just progressed from there yeah and then all of a sudden I, I noticed i was getting more stressed i was like spending more time worrying about things and less time uh like working towards things so uh just having that balance that's like what what you need in your day is so important yeah no 100 percent, and it's it's one of those things because like you said, like you got into kind of being healthy and all this sort of stuff. And, and then it kind of made you like, man, I want to be in that industry. And the same thing for me, like when my past life, it was like, you know, growing up and playing competitive basketball, football, you're lifting. I'd go to the gym for two, three hours at a time. And you, you could, I could do my daily work, go to the gym at seven o'clock. And then now in this shift over to training, it's like, okay, well, it's, I'm still passionate about it, obviously. And I want all this stuff, but now all of a sudden you're focused on taking care of other people, motivating other people. So, it's funny where you don't you don't have this I'm not necessarily physically tired but mentally exhausted where you have to be kind of a chameleon as far as the different personalities that you deal with day in day out the group class and stuff like that you're trying to give it your all and make sure people have a great experience and and you're doing your job with them um, so it's definitely been one of those things where um, it's definitely been a struggle for me kind of off and on and like I said it's it's about being intentional and really truly finally getting to the point where you know you call call yourself out on your bullshit right and be like hey man like it's time to step it up, right? Like, you know, um, start, you know, owning your word and, and being true to yourself. Um, and that starts to kind of, once you get in those grooves and starts to build on top of one another and go from there, so. Have you ever had people like notice, like as a third party, like, oh man, you're really like toning down or something that are, oh, you're, you're gaining weight. Well, my, uh, my mom will yeah. do that, right? My mom does that too. Mom's like, uh, Jordan. And I'm like, mom, just, uh. You know, it's okay. Mind your own business. I'm taking care <laughs> of it. No, but yeah, like you definitely get people. People start to notice, right? Like yeah. whether, you know, both ways, right? You start, to, and I think, you know, you start to, um, you know, especially for us in the industry, you know, we usually you will know, post some of the stuff we're doing because it helps market us. It helps, um, you know, inspire others, motivate others to do certain things too. So people just start to kind of notice that either way. So yeah. yeah, it's wild though. Like, for sure, my mom calls me out probably the first, and then like some of my close close friends call me out. But then the really neat thing that happened is, to be honest, like part of the change was I think I increased the quality of sleep that I got. Yeah. So it's having some really rock solid sleeps, getting some good naps in in the day, and able to uh, be at my very best for my clients. Yeah. And then part of it, it was just like the reduction of stress allowed me to just like go and do the workouts that I wanted to do and really enjoy them because like everything was on my terms and if I wanted to learn something I knew where to go and just a well-balanced life good routine but like as as I would get more lean more strong looking people were like oh Chris I'm really noticing that like damn it that means that you knew what I was looking like before but at the same time it's good it's you get that validation just like just like our clients like that validation oh yeah 
it's it's good uh, motivation. Yeah. Because then I'm like, well, better not lose that. Better keep all these habits in place. Well, and that's part of that's part of it too. Like you said, we're human, right? Like we go, you know, through the same thing everyone else does, um, and so we have our own struggles at times, and, and everything is kind of circumstantial too, based on what we do. But yeah, and it's always great to hear that too, right? You're like, okay, sweet. Like you know, you're continuing putting in the work too, and. And, uh, and I think it helps our clients to kind of, you know, realize that, you know, we're real too. And even one of the, the messages I always <clears throat> tell my clients is, is not perfectionism. You can't be perfect. And I know so many people that are trying to be perfect and put too much pressure on themselves to, you know, ah, oh, man, I, you know, I had a couple chocolate bars last night and all this sort of stuff. I'm like, man, like just live like yeah. don't worry about what you had last night or all this sort of stuff if that's a continuing occurrence and then yeah like call yourself out on it right but again it all depends on your goals like for me i want to live i love my beer i love my pizza right and it's and going out with my buddies and friends and all that sort of stuff and i'm not going to limit myself and be you know Again, like I said, it all depends on what your goals are. So if you're competing for something, if you are have a certain goal in mind, then that's fine, right? And I'm never going to judge somebody that ever. Um, but just realize that and be like, hey, like this is a project. This is something that I'm not. It's not a get fit quick scheme. I'm not trying to make this happen overnight. It's whether I get there in three months or a year. I want to make sure that it's sustainable, right? So if I can get to a point where I am you know having a beer when i come home from work or on a friday night with some buddies and having pizza once a week or a couple times a month and i have the body and i have the energy and things like that that i want to have that's fantastic right where a lot of people try and like limit those things so much right off the bat so then all of a sudden when you're starting to introduce that stuff back into your life you're like Whew, this is tough and then they start seeing a little chase and maybe gain a couple pounds and they notice it right yeah. and they're like ah and then they're hard on themselves and it's like ah just let it go just you know relax right and you totally took the words out of my mouth. Like, my big buzzword is sustainability. Yeah. Like, if a client asks me questions about, oh, like, should should I do this or should I do that? I'm like, well, basically, I just want you to be happy for the longest period of time possible. Yeah. And if you can acquire that on your very own, that's awesome. Yeah. And, like, my own style is, yeah, like, I am a trainer that looks like they're fit but probably also eats cookies. Like, right. And that's fine with me. Yeah. And if, if somebody challenges me to something that requires a high level of fitness, I can probably like hold my own. Yeah. And that, that's what I need. Yeah. yeah. And my, my cool little uh, fitness hacks, I call them, is uh, for beer, because I like beer too. Yeah. But I've tried a lot of the non-alcoholic beers, because you look at like the, the calorie intake. Yeah. And it's like way, way different. Yeah. And sometimes it's just, I like the taste of beer. Right. Because I, we, when you did your, your project thing here, you had Polar Park. Yeah. And I got to go and do a tour of Polar Park. And I just like doing tours of breweries. Right. And I realized it's not so much the buzz from the alcohol that I need. I just am like an appreci... I, I'm very appreciative of th- what it takes to make a beer. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you've ever tried brewing a home beer. I haven't yet, no. But there's so many ways that you can get that wrong. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> the yeast like has so much control over the direction that that takes. Yeah. So having tried that, I tried it once and I did, it tasted funny. So I just wasn't going to commit to it. So down the toilet it went. Right. But it was like at least twelve hours of a day in putting it all together. Yeah. And then like a week or two of patience. I think it was two weeks of just waiting and just be like, is it ready yet? No, yeah, it doesn't right. look ready. Yeah. Got to wait for like the bubbles to form and all this stuff. Yeah. And so you see these these tours, and you're like, oh wow, like you can actually make so many different kinds, 
it's an art to make like a good kind. Yeah. And so I guess, long story short, it's like appreciating a fine wine or a, a good juice. How it's made, the the yeah. effort going into it, the different yeah, hundred yeah, percent. So for me, as long as it's a good non-alcoholic beer, because don't get me wrong, there are some really bad. Oh yeah, it would bad alcoholic beer. Yeah. But if it's a good one. And if that's, like, something that uh, fills the void, then perfect. Because it's 50 calories instead of 150 plus. Right. Which is great. There you go. And also, fun fact, which I've mentioned a few times, but the uh, German Olympic team used non-alcoholic beer as a performance enhancement for the Olympics in the last Winter Olympics. Okay. They got the second highest medal count. So they couldn't have been hey. doing something too wrong. Can't be a coincidence, man. Yeah, like... That's they, science. They have to correlate science. <laughs> totally. So on the topic of family, yeah. tell, tell us about your family. Like, how, how were things like growing up? What were the dynamics? Were you guys tight? Were you close? Yeah, we, uh, we three boys. So I have two older bros. I'm the baby. Um, so you can imagine my mom. Uh, she was definitely hoping that I was going to be a girl. Uh, my name was planned to be Carrie if I was a girl. It was not a fact. So my cousin now has that name, and I got stuck with Jordan. Uh, so Kenton and Kyle are my two older bros. Uh, Kenton's my oldest brother. He has two girls. Um, and then my other bro, uh, he has two boys. So um, we were – I was loud. I was a loud, loud dude. Um, complained a lot. And we have a lot of home videos of just like, I mean, like, Jordan, be quiet, settle down, all that sort of stuff. And then, yeah, like, we got, we all got along pretty good. Like, we never had, yeah, we had the fights as brothers and things like that. Um, a lot of times they started with them picking on me. And then, like, I would, you know, they'd smother me with a blanket or something like that. And I'd pretend I couldn't breathe and they'd let me go and then I'd run away. And, and then I got to the point where I ended up being bigger than my older bros. <laughs> so the picking on me started to stop a little bit. Um, but yeah, lots of like camping trips, things like that growing up. Kind of the, nothing crazy, the usual stuff. We had, uh, all of our cousins lived in Edmonton. So we, you know, we always had a blast getting together with them. We used to do um, little competitions with some of my cousins to see how long they could stay at our house for. So I think it started one day where in the summertime, one of my cousins stayed over and it was like, you know, one night turned into like four or five nights. And then the next cousin found out about that. And so he's like, oh, can I try and stay for sick? You know, things like that, right? Just have some fun. Um, but yeah, pretty standard stuff. Played lots of sports growing up. Played bat or started playing football when I was in grade three. So I was a little bobblehead running around on the field there. So that was fun. Uh, got into playing basketball and that was kind of my, my jam kind of in junior high. High school was basketball and then got into uh football my last year of grade 12 had a great season and uh tried out for um well did a training camp with the u of a uh, bears and then decided to go uh play for the edmonton huskies um and then had some injuries that first season so i kind of slowed things down from there but yeah it was always lots of sports lots of laughing lots of playing around so Sweet. Yeah, man. Big age gaps? Or you no, close? two years almost on the dot. We're all in November. Nice. So on November 4th, Kyle's the 6th, and my older bro's the 27th. So just all got her done right away. So it was it was a good. That two years was kind of nice. Um, you know, you go through these stages of hanging out, and then, then, you know, them shunning you for a little bit, and then oh, sure. back and forth. But, yeah, no, it's great. So Yeah, it's cool. For me, like, I, I can relate because I have two older brothers. Right. But they're way older. Yeah. Like, one's nine years older, one's 13 years older. Oh, wow, yeah. 
And so, like, as a younger kid, it was, like, they were kind of half-sibling, half-like, guardian. Right. So we we could play games together, but sometimes they had other adult things that they were doing kind of thing. Yeah. And I remember one of probably the moment when I got the most sad about, about my brothers was when my uh, the older one that's like nine years, not 13 years older, he moved out. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, man, I'm just all by myself now. Right. And I remember just hearing the news and just like bawling my eyes out. <laughs> so I was like, he's my buddy. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then the cool thing is like, then they support you. They they let you come over to their house in, in Leduc or in Edmonton and it's cool. You get to be like, oh, my older brother has yeah. a house yeah. in Edmonton or in Leduc. Yeah. And you get these extra life skills. And even with that age gap, like, my brother totally played the game where you put the blanket over the head. Yeah. And, like, you pretend that you're dead, and then he takes you out, and then you run away. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. 100%. Classic. And, however, he also farted, so that also sucks. Oh, yeah, it's not ideal. They, they get you sometimes. <laughs> but then growing older, like, that age gap totally disappears. Yeah. And then it's like, no, we're in this together. It doesn't matter. Like, they're, they're going through different times in their life, obviously. Yeah. But then there's other ways that we can support each other. There's other ways where I'll have more more life experience because like, I've there there's not too many jobs that I've done that they've done kind yeah. of thing. Like I've done the retail, I've done the warehousing, I've done training now. Like so many different things where I've met different people that have given me different opportunities. Totally. The the funny thing is like. One of my brothers commented, he was like, you got a radio DJ on your podcast. How do you do that? Like, how do you meet these people? I yeah. Like, I don't know. I just sent him a message. I was like, dude, you want to be on my podcast? He was like, sure. And so we made a time and he was on my podcast. There you go. Like, it's just a It's got to ask, man. That's yeah, all you got to do. A different different uh, perspective. Yeah. And it's, it's valuable for, for both parties. Yeah. But it, it's neat because when you talk about your relationship with your brothers, then I'm like, yeah, that sounds, that sounds familiar. I like that. Yeah. Um, how about your parents? What about them? Were they able to make it to sporting events? Uh, what were some of the most pivotal moments? What were your TSN? Yeah. <laughs> no, my parents have always been one of the biggest biggest things that when I think about my parents is a servant heart. Um, they've always, obviously as kids, they kind of, you know, they're taking care of you, doing all that sort of stuff. But definitely as growing up, um, you know, when it was... You know, when I bought my first house, helping me paint the house, uh, my mom loves gardening, right? So she, you know, helping me do some landscaping in my backyard. Uh, when I first got open to the gym, doing painting, all that sort of stuff, right? It's, it's, uh, you know, it's how can we help and we want to help, right? Um, growing up, they, my dad, um, especially, but they both were, um, but were at most of my sporting events, which, you know, I know a lot of people that's not the case. And so I was very grateful for that. Um, my dad, you know, played sports as a, as a kid as well, so he always enjoyed watching us play. Both my brothers played, but I was the only one that kind of really carried it on through high school and trying to afterwards. Um, so that was huge, right? Like that's, you know, being able to, you know, kind of talk to him about the games afterwards and stuff like that um, is always always fun to be able to have your parents up in the stands. So, but yeah, like I said, it's, you know, it was, it was just big being able to have their support, right, and continued support. Um, and it's definitely something I'm grateful of and don't take take for granted. So, totally. Yeah. 
Uh, if you could describe three qualities that you really look up to in each parent, do you think you could come up with some? Three qualities? Yeah. Yeah, you're tough, asking the tough questions, man. Um, Easy questions here on the lifestyle space. Yeah, it's, uh, like I said, servanthood, right? Just be able to um, kind of drop anything at the touch of a hat. They want to help out with the, the nephews and things like that. Um, the kids. Um, three qualities. Uh, I'm going to say kind of your standard stuff, like they're, you know, caring, supportive, um, you know, also disciplined. They, they know the boundaries, right? Um, and, uh, and are firm with what they believe. Faith is a big one. We grew up going to church and, and uh, I grew up going to church as well. And that was always a big part of our family growing up. And so kind of, you know, a lot of decisions and things like that were kind of based around there. But at the same time, you know, they are very, you know, understanding and, and uh, you know the decisions we make and all that sort of stuff, and just want us to also make you know our own, come to our own conclusions on certain things, which was big, right? So yeah, yeah, that's good, and it, it shows in the kind of person you are. Like yeah. you're, you're building a community here with the project, and like that would obviously come from some of the things that you learned growing up. That's hundred percent. Cool yeah, we we don't give our parents enough credit sometimes. Like if for for people who are in a situation when their parents were able to support them that's great yeah and then there's other people who it might be they'll they'll have a different person filling that role and they'll still see that support but it's so good to like give that significance because there's so many times where people are like well i did this all on my own and it's like well who who's had your back this whole time like, right who, who's there behind the scenes kind of thing and i like to uh to sort of highlight that in guests because some people are, are thinking about like, oh, this, this person, I, I see them as being very successful, but they never needed help from anybody else or, or they never looked up to somebody or, or they never this, they never that, but everybody does. Yeah. Everybody does. Like everybody on, on the podcast has somebody in some role that has had qualities that they've embodied that have like carried on to that person and has made that person who they are. 100%. Yeah. Talking about football, uh, what was the the toughest thing about like the injury? What what was the most upsetting part of that? Uh, well, so so I tore my labrum, my right shoulder, three quarters of it, um, and the labrum was like pretty much holds the shoulder joint together. I never dislocated it, but just tore it. So um, I was gonna go play college basketball, and I had some offers to do that. But when I thought about it, and I was like, hey, you know what? I'll have a better opportunity to take football further. I'm not going to the NBA and doing that all that sort of stuff. So, um, but I played with guys that are in the CFL, play for the Eskimos now and things like that, and around the league. So, it was one of those things where um, I wanted to just see how far I could take it. So, the thing that was too bad about that is I never really got to play at the next level after high school. Um, did the the training and made the team and all that sort of stuff. I was a running back um, and. It was about what was it a month into month into the the season and just was at practice made a block on a defensive end and just busted my shoulder up again and felt it just you know and then as we did our test we found out that we tore it and so I had surgery um, and then it would be in a sling like a 90 degree sling with my hand sticking straight out elbow to the side for like two months so you lose all your you know uh, all your muscle and all that sort of stuff and uh, trained rehabbed all that sort of stuff. They said I had you know a spot on the team again the next year. Boom, same thing happened. Back to practice. Boom, 
Uh, and when we went back in, they said 50% of it never healed. And so after that happened the second time, I was like, you know what? I was like, I can't, I can't risk this anymore. I was like, um, I was, there, I went in playing for the Edmonton Huskies because uh, I was a carpenter at the time. And so, um, yeah, so that was that was disappointing because I, I knew I had, I was a good athlete, um, and I knew I, you know had a lot more to give and but i wasn't really able to see what that kind of potential could be right yeah. so i guess that would be the one thing um actually i, I was listening to uh, a podcast by one of the new guys that uh, i really love listening to his name's ed mylett and he he made a comment on he used to be a baseball player and could have potentially made it to the big leagues um but he's like i never pushed as hard as i could have never you know and no you know no one said like you know you know, work harder, all this sort of stuff. Um, so he never reached his full potential. And so he said, everyone has a last play. And we, he went through kind of his last play and he remembers what it was. And I was like, damn, I don't remember my last play. I wish I remembered my last play in basketball and football. I wish I thought of it that way as like, hey, like anytime, anything I do could be my last play. And that kind of goes on with life too. But I would have given it harder. I would have gone harder. I would have practiced harder. I would have, you know, played hard, all that sort of stuff. Kind of goes through your mind as you kind of go through that kind of stuff. Like, ah. And so part of it is like, man, I wish I was a little more intentional, a little more thoughtful when I played sports like that. And uh, and I wish I kind of, you know, knew what my last play was. I have to go back into the matrix or something like that to try and see if I can't uh, go through the memory bank. But, in the matrix. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's, it's definitely one of those things, right? It's like there's always going to be a last play. So give it your all and uh, leave it all on the court or on the field, right? So, And that would make you so much of a better coach and trainer because you have that life experience that you could really draw from. Like, right. You can see a young athlete and be like, look, think about your last play. But, like, honestly. But, again, like you said, it's perspective, right? Yeah. So, And that's literally, for me, is the biggest. It's all about a matter of perspective. Perspective can absolutely change everything in someone's life. You hear somebody yeah. say something like, man, I never even thought about it that way before. That, like, that changes my whole world, right, how I think. And so you tell an athlete that. You tell somebody in the gym that. You tell whoever, whatever it is, career they do. It's like, hey, this could be your last day. This could be your last play. This could be your last whatever it is. Let's own this shit and, and be the best we can be at what we're trying to do, right? And it's like, oh, shit, okay. Yeah, this could be – I could get hurt on the next play and never play again. So I'm going to bust my ass. And, you know, some people may take it the other way and be like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to, like, yeah. ease off, right? But yeah. I'm like, no, pedal to the metal, man. Let's make this shit happen, right? Totally. So, yeah. That's definitely definitely changes things for sure. It's neat. It's neat how life helps us help other people in life. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, one of my favorite things that's been happening lately is a client will be like, you know, that workout was really tough. It was just getting easy, and then you just made it tough. And I was like, that's kind of how this works. You get good at something, then I find something that you're maybe not good at, and then I make you good at that, and then I keep finding new things. Yeah. And then Series of you walk out in the world and you kick some ass. Yeah. And then we high five. Like, <laughs> that's the joy of training. Right. You just make people better being better people. And if, if we can contribute to that mindset and like make them more resilient. Totally. Like, I don't want them to just be jacked and have veins popping out of their arms. <laughs> like I want them to come across obstacles in their life and be able to push through. Like yeah. a lot of my clients are now listening to the podcast, which is great because I'm picking up people that I know that I think are really resilient and making the best out of their life and I think each of them has something to offer yeah and so if, if my clients are hearing that perfect like that's added value yeah um, talking about community when I did my episode with Farah and Nahid you you got brought up because we were talking about like you know like when shit really hits the fan 
it's nice to have somebody like as a sounding board. Mm-hmm. Um, what has been the most valuable takeaway from having somebody as a sounding board? What what's been something that you're the most grateful for? Is a we'll say that again. Is a, a sounding board for like just when when something is out of your control and then you have to find a way to move forward. Like we we all have shit hit the fan and it's like okay like what am I gonna do now? Like, right. How am I gonna move forward? And doing that alone is one thing, but doing that with somebody like at your side to offer sounding more like yeah like you know dropping ideas off of other people totally, things like that bounce totally. them off um yeah that's huge i have some really good buddies that i uh, i always call i anyone who knows me especially my parents things like that is i i i'm i'm i'm, I'm an open book right um you ask me about something i'm gonna tell you how i feel uh, i'm not blunt or anything but i'll i, I love sharing you know, wins with people. Um, I love hearing about other people's wins, but if something cool happens or an opportunity comes up, you know, call my parents, I'll call a couple of my buddies, let them know like, hey, like this is kind of cool. Like, what do you think? Whatever. Um, and so, like I said, literally everything that I do in my life is a matter of perspective. Um, I, I'll, I'll take somebody's perspective, you know, and, and, and start to apply it to where I feel like it needs to be applied. Some I just, you know, thank you for your opinion disagree i'm gonna move on you know whatever it is um but in the end it's you know yeah it's huge to be just be able to talk things out actually uh a good friend of mine also client um i've known him for like nine years and he we sat up we were chatting the other day when we were training and uh i just told him i was like i felt i've been in this spot where um again part of like getting my goals together and all this sort of stuff but spinning my wheels i'm i have a lot of stuff going on i'm doing a lot of things it may look cool on the outside but in the inside i was like man like what is my purpose what am i trying to do here like why am i putting all this work into something is it going to pay off and i'm not it's not about getting rich and stuff like that yes i want to live in a you know uh, an abundant life but i was like it still has to serve a purpose why am i doing this and so you know i asked him about you know uh, if he had any good business coaches, things like that. Again, just getting that sounding board, that perspective. And he's like, dude, he's like, like, let's go for a beer anytime. He does some of it. He owns a couple uh, big brokerages in town, uh, mortgage brokerages in town. And uh, he, um, or real estate, I should say. And so he, so we sat down and I just explained things. I just like shared kind of what I was going through, what I potentially wanted, the ideas. And just through his perspective, he was able to he was able to notice the changes in my voice in being excited, being annoyed, being, he's like, man, he's like, there are two big things that kind of stood out that he's like, you gotta, you gotta think about that, right? Like those are the things that I think you're meant to do. And I think you should be doing. And just based on how you describe them, you got passionate about it, right? You can, you can sense that you can feel it and see it in somebody. So, um, just seeing that, I was like, it just gave me some good perspective being like, okay, shit. Okay. That makes sense. Like as you start to talk about this stuff, bounce it off people, they start to notice that and can be like, Hey, this is what I, that's what I saw. Think about that, and you can kind of sit back and, and kind of reflect, right? So totally, it's yeah. important to keep like quality people like that. Like for somebody to be in your life for like nine years, they got to be pretty rock solid. Yeah, because you think about life, and it's like ah, oh, you got like I don't know about you, but I haven't seen a lot of people that I went to, to high school with. Right. So like some of those people, like if I saw them, I'd be happy to see them. It's just they haven't reached out. I haven't reached out. The effort hasn't been made. Yeah. And then there's people that I've met, maybe just after high school, and they're still in my life, and I see them regularly. There's people that I've traveled to like three or four different countries with that I'm sure I'll be friends with for the rest of my life. Right. You just get these different like levels of like friendships and bonds and stuff. Yeah. And so to have somebody that you can really connect with. 
that's that's important. Yeah. If I was to determine wealth, I would base it more on the people around me yeah. than on the material goods or like on what I could brag about. Because like if I have quality people that have my back when I really need it or that can like tell me what I need to hear and then I take it for, for what I need to take it as, like that that's perfect. Yeah. Um, so our next thing is you alluded to carpentry. I did. Uh, what was that like? What kind of got you into carpentry? What got that started? Uh, options in high school, actually. I um, can't remember what the other options were, but one of the options was construction technology. And so did that. Had an awesome, awesome teacher um, in high school and just made it fun. Building furniture, all that sort of stuff. We got creative. We could look up different designs, stuff that we want to build. We had a cool shop at Jasper Place. And kind of growing up, kind of like as I was deciding, okay, do I go to college to play basketball or do I play football? Um, I kind of just got stuck in this. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, right? Um, I didn't want to spend useless money on, um, or unless I shouldn't say useless, unnecessary money on school if I didn't really know what I wanted. And so I ended up getting a, a construction job my last half of grade 12 because I had set it up in a way that I had like the afternoons off. So I went and worked for a renovation company and uh, that kind of just, and then when I started playing for the Huskies, I was like, okay, so Huskies is, isn't associated with a school, right? So anyone um, that is, you know, working in between, I think the age limit was up to 22 or 23 at the time, but um, so I was like, oh, I'll just do carpentry. I got a job doing that and I did that for eight or nine years. So got my ticket. Uh, so I was a Red Seal journeyman carpenter. Um, did a lot of residential stuff, didn't do much commercial. Um, and then ended up getting an opportunity to move out to Vancouver for a year when the Olympics were out there in 2010. So that was super cool. Um, I was a site superintendent out there from a commercial company. And then moved back after a year just because I wanted to be back home and it's expensive out there. I wanted to buy a house. And so I moved back and ended up doing like high-end fine finishing, um, which was super cool. So we did like a lot of like, you know, base, hang doors, casing, stuff like that. But we did a lot of cool like, um, f you know, um, uh, stain grade stuff. So we'd do these big barrel vault ceilings in these nice custom houses uh, and just a lot of cool stuff, right? So that was very neat. And I loved working with my hands. I loved knowing how to. So I ended up buying a house and renovated, built my whole basin suite. Um, did the upstairs upgrades, all that sort of stuff. Um, do I want to do it now? No, I don't. Uh, you know, I like doing some products here and there, but it got to a point where I just, I wasn't passionate about what I did anymore. I yeah. go to work. I wasn't, I always considered myself a hard worker and I'd go set up some tools in a corner of the house that I was working and jump on the phone and you do all this stuff. And I was like, man, I was like, I just hate going to work. I have that typical like anxious, I don't want to go to bed because I don't want to wake up and I don't want to go to work. So you stay up later and you get no sleep and it's just kind of this like cycle of, of, of pain, right? And so finally got to a point where enough was enough. Um, and uh, I had some friends that owned a gym uh, on the south side, Jesse Lipscomb. And I trained with him on and off here and there just for some fun with some friends and just, um, they had approached me and said, hey, like, if you decide that you want to do this, like, we'll hire you. We'll do your thing. And uh, so I was on my way home one day and called my boss, quit my job just like that. Give him my two weeks. I think I only worked another week. And uh, the rest is history. Took three or four months off, got my certification, and just kind of got thrown into the grind. Worked as a uh, um, uh, three days a week. I was a, got hired as a personal trainer at Bell Rose High School. Uh, that was actually a fun gig. Um, 
and then kind of just life has it uh, as it happened and now i have the project and kind of here but yeah it was uh the, like i said the carpentry thing was uh it was just something where i just didn't feel passionate i didn't feel like i was my you know my talents were getting put to use and and i wanted to go back to kind of that i was like hey i love playing sports sports is a big passion of mine how can i somewhat get into that realm of things whatever it leads to back then it was kind of like oh i want to work with sports teams and things like that and to be honest now like I, it's not necessarily i love you know working with the clients that i work with and, and what we're trying to build so um and kind of you kind of feel now you have this this mission and, and passion to to kind of do what you're supposed to do so Totally. Yeah, man. And I like that story. And it's cool because that story is kind of what got me into training. Yeah. Because my whole thing, I started, I sort of got hooked with spin. And it's that, that flow state, that feeling of like unstoppable. And I was at a point where I felt very stoppable, like anxiously. Uh, just things, things would bug me more than they needed to. I was doing a job that gave me a lot of skills. Uh, gave me a lot of nice things in my life like that's how I bought my condo that's how I bought my car but it was just a matter of like you know life is life is short like I I told somebody about this not too long ago uh, I had a gym teacher that was super influential on me in high school um, basically when I first went to my high school it was I went to high school at Pigeon Lake so it went from grade 7 to 12. And when you were in grade 7, you got to go there on a day, I think it was in the summer, and you got to be accustomed to the school because it was going to be a big change. Yeah. Like, you go to two schools in your life and you're, like, right. pre, pre-college pre life. And so as soon as you change, it was, like, culture shock. And then there's all these big kids, too. And a few teachers gave their time to sort of help us get more accustomed. And I remember this one teacher, his name is Mr. Axelson, and he's like seven feet taller. Like, he's tall. <laughs> and he went out of his way to, like, say hi to everybody. And as, as the years went on, like, he was my science teacher for a few years of junior high. He encouraged me to go into basketball, like... For sure, I definitely did not see myself as a basketball player. Yeah. And he saw that potential in me, and he nurtured it, and he encouraged me. And he would uh, he would be there for me when I felt like I really did shitty out of practice. Because, like, as an athlete, I had, like, horrible, horrible self-image. I was like, oh, I suck at this, I suck at this. And he was one, one person that really nurtured and reinforced, like, that positive self-image. Right. Because how we see ourselves totally changes how we go into the world. 100%. He was somebody that took that time not only for me, but for pretty much every every other one of his students. And uh, just even outside outside of school, like because I grew up going to church, I, I actually led a few services and stuff like that. It doesn't, I don't let it like affect or give me any prejudices towards any other things i'm just thinking like be a good person don't be an asshole be yourself (laughs) those are my golden rules yeah and so some people might think oh he might have a religious background but like generally it's just like the nice guy rule just be a nice guy yeah um but he was somebody that supported me in every aspect of my life cool and i think it was one or two years after high school i was i don't know where i was i think i was visiting my parents or something and then through the grapevine, we heard that my, my teacher, Mr. Axelson, 
had gotten into a car accident. Yeah. He got T-boned. It was like an intersection by Stetler. His whole family was in the car. Um, he had a wife, two sons, and a baby daughter. Him and his baby daughter passed away. Crazy. And his funeral was in a place that probably held like something like three to five hundred. I was standing in the lobby. I could barely see the screen that showed the funeral. Yeah. There was people outside the door. And I was like walking around the warehouse thinking like, I just lost my hero. And a lot of people saw it that way. And I was thinking, what am I doing walking around the warehouse when somebody made this huge impact on my life, showed me how to live it. Like, what am I doing? And I got home and I can't remember if it was like a post or one of the other podcasts you're on or what. But I heard your story and it was just going home from work and thinking, what am I doing? And you made that call and I was like, wow, I like that. And obviously it took me a while to sort of get the courage. But one cool strategy that I learned is when you want to do something, find somebody that's doing it and ask them how they did it. Right. And the great thing that speaks a lot to who you are as a person is I reached out to you and within like three days, you made time for me and we jumped on a phone call. Yeah. And you told me how you did it. And I was like, okay, sweet. So like I registered for a few of the, the Nate PFT courses, but I also registered for, registered for CanFit. And so that was like my first certification. And I just like started putting the, putting the work in play, started making it happen. Over time, I, I got the courage to, to leave the job because I, I could see basically it was a matter of if I was at the old job, then I wouldn't be able to focus on having a successful fitness career. Uh, jumping out of that job is scary. It is a big financial jump when, when you have a mortgage and car financing and all these other adult bills. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it any other way. I would totally do that over again. Yeah. It's like ridiculous as people might think I was for doing it. Totally. Yeah. Um, and then it was just a matter of finding a job. And like you apply for fitness jobs and people are like, we want somebody with experience. Like yeah. how, how many group classes have you taught? Like sure, you're a spin instructor, but like what, what, what's your experience look like? How, how often have you been in the gym? And I was like, well, shit, like I, I got to make something happen. And I thought of this idea and I was like, well, Central always supports people when they put on events. And so I ran it by Vance and Jesse and they suggested, you know, like maybe because you're new, you should partner up with somebody. And I was like, I know a guy, <laughs> I know a guy. And so I reached out to you and again, like right away, you're like, yep, let's do this. And that, that's what created the, the brunch bird. Yeah. And then again, like we're just pumping your tires in this episode because you're a good guy. <laughs> Thanks buddy. Um, after that, like successful event, everybody had a good time. I got that experience under belt. It helped me a lot in my career because it just kind of gave me that confidence. Like, you know, like I was just kind of doing some self-reflection on how that's my very first one. The next one's going to be more awesome, but at least I had that first one under my belt kind right. of thing. As things, as things went on, like every time I had something that was like frustrating or out of my control or just would like cause me stress, you've always been like a sounding board. There was one night that, well, actually a few nights, like you, you've always been there to like jump on the phone and your door is always open when I have questions about like different tests or, or different, like different ideas of my own. And some of the coolest advice that you've given me is pretty much like cool your jets, man. 
<laughs> so, like, I'm, I'm pretty good at like coming up with an idea and just like, all right, we're doing this. I'm all in. We're fully committed. And that's the kind of people that you need. That's the kind of community that you need. And it's cool because now, now I'm doing something that I, I think about my teacher, Mr. Axel. So I'm like, you know, he would, he would give me a pat on the back for this. Like, this is something that makes me really represent somebody that I looked up to rather than doing something that does not like embody my values and like yeah. things that I want to put out to the world. I'm, I'm doing something that really resonates and like pushing forward hard and like not holding back is so important. So I'm glad that I have somebody like you in my circle that has supported me in all these things and, and helped me find like more, more fulfillment in life. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like there, there was an episode where I was the guest and my friend Kelsey hosted and she asked like who were who are my my top three people and you were one of them I appreciate For it buddy. I listened to that one yeah yeah but uh, we want to we want to get more on like the, the personal goals what are like five things that before you die you want to do like <laughs> bungee jumping or oh I mean yeah like I said like kind of continues to come back to I'm not as I'm not as um, dialed in on that aspect as I used to be the last couple of years have just been a ton of focus on the different ideas and things I want to execute on and so my my mindset has been have an idea that you're passionate about and you and you believe in execute on it and then see what kind of opportunities arise from it um, so over the years it's, that's what it's been it's been like hey I'm doing this event I got this going on boom you execute it hopefully it's a success not all of them are but what kind of opportunities arise from that and then you know, look at those opportunities and decide kind of what you want to do. But I'm in a process now of like, um, you know, you have to have some goals. I think yeah. it's important to, I think it's important to my, 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 uh, perspective has shifted a little bit on that. So yeah, like I've, uh, I've skydived before things like that. I definitely want to, uh, one of my goals is to skydive over the grand Canyon. Uh, I think, I think that'd be, I think that'd be badass. Oh, I haven't done bungee jumping yet. I would, I just, I I don't really want to go to the mall and do it. I want to go somewhere badass. New Zealand, I heard is a good one. There's always a lot of people doing that one. I can't remember where it is. Uh, I'm in a process right now where I'm actually going to be taking this break to figure it out. I was talking to a couple of buddies of mine and I need something to challenge and push me the way sports used to push me competitively. Um, and so I am going to be in the process. And if anyone's listening to this and has an idea, feel free to drop me, slide into my DMs. But I want to, I want to find something that challenges me, right? So I'm going to do uh, like a Tough Mudder or something like that this year. I've never done one. It's up my alley. I just have never done it. Um, but like I'm going to pick a, whether it's a, uh, you know, a, a hike or a climb somewhere around the world or some sort of adventure that pushes me to my limits. I want to, I want to know what I'm made of. Um, and I think that's kind of the big thing for me is I'm in this, you know, I love adventure. I don't do adventure as much as I, I want to. Um, but it's something that I'm just like, you know, if somebody, if I had a couple of buddies, like, yo man, we're going to do this. You want in? I'm like, F yeah, let's do this thing, man. Let's make it happen. Right. Um, so yeah, like things like that, you know, I would definitely want to travel more. Um, kind of the typical stuff. Um, I don't have anything out of the, out of the world crazy that, that I want to do. It's just been in focusing on on the couple of businesses right now and kind of getting those to a certain position where I can think about some of that stuff and be like, okay, you know, now it's now it's time to to take some time and and uh, do some self care and adventure stuff. So totally, yeah. Well, it's good to hear that kind of stuff because especially for somebody like yourself, you're really good at being focused. 
even when you think that you're not focused, you're pretty focused. Right. This is your perspective for you today. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, sometimes you're like, oh, you know, like, I got off track. I'm like, no, you didn't. Like, you posted three educational posts in the week, and your group classes are full. You're not, you're not losing that much focus. Yeah, and I think that's kind of one of the things we're always our own worst critic, right? We're always, and it's sometimes it takes us people the same thing, be like, dude, you need to cool your jets, right? Yeah. Like, you're, you know, you're doing something cool or, you, you know, you accomplished this, you did this, uh, no matter who it is, and it's sometimes it's like, oh, good call. Okay, celebrate my shit, celebrate my wins, celebrate my friends and all that sort of stuff, right? Like, and, and that's the biggest thing. It's, uh, yeah, so. Well, on my episode with Dean Guido, uh, one of my favorite things that we talked about was just like what his life looked like five years from now and with his different projects on the go and stuff like that, like just how he would spend more time in BC and like yeah. build a family, stuff like that. Like that that's the kind of stuff that I give a shit about. Like Yeah. Uh, we could talk about scaling business and stuff like that, but that that's not what the lifestyle chase yeah, is yeah. about. Yeah. It's about the lifestyle chase. Well, and that's the thing for me. Like I used to with my buddies, like, you know, obviously everyone knows for the most part that golf is a big part of my life. And so we would we would do two week trips. So my my buddy had a boat, and we'd go out to BC. We rent a, a cabin, and it would be boat in the morning, catch the catch the uh, the waves in the morning, a little nap storm afterwards, do a little round of golf, come back, nap storm, eat, and then boating again in the evening. And I was like, man, this is awesome. I love this. Yeah. Um, wakeboard. I used to snowboard. Don't get into that as much as I used to, but it's like. Those are the things that I, I want to start to make time for. Again, I was just in Kananaskis a couple weeks ago, or about a month ago, and I was just like, as soon as I drove out there, I was like, man, it does not take long to get out here. Yeah. I was like throwing a couple podcasts, which actually was super uh, kind of motivating and stuff like that, and you kind of get out there. And so this next year is going to be one of those things like, you know, I'm, I got to create, take more self-care for myself um, and create a bit of a lifestyle, right? It's not all about the grind all the time and things like that. Yes, I, you know, there's certain things that a business demands, but at the same time, it's like, it's time to live a little bit. It's time to have some fun. And so those are the types of things. Uh, One of my, uh, is it next year? I think so. He, his, his 40th coming up and there's a crazy, it's like a week long bike, mountain bike thing. I want to say Peru, but it might not be. But he wants to get a bunch of guys together. And, like, this is something, like, we would have to train for. I'm like, shit, man. I was like, okay. I was like, I don't mountain bike. I could, maybe. We'll try it. Um, but I was like, that could be something. I'm, I'm down for that, man. Like, let's do some crazy stuff, right? That would be the challenge that you're looking for. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's, like, it's not necessarily up my alley. I wouldn't think about going mountain biking. But it's in another part of the world where, you know, you got to be, you know, mentally tough to, to make it happen. So it's pretty cool. I can't remember the, the amount of miles that it is. But it's something absurd. Um, but it would be cool, though. That is cool. Yeah. So with being a trainer, having these cool goals and stuff, like, how do you balance that long day with social life? Like, what what do you implement to like make sure that you you have like your your time? Like, have you gone on any hot dates lately? Like, these are questions <laughs> that I I need to know for myself. <laughs> for myself, the <laughs> listeners need to know. Uh, honestly, it's something I'm trying, like I said, like the last little while, it's something I'm going to be better at. Yeah. Um, making more time for friends and just like, you know, reaching out and doing all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's, uh, I never, I've never was, you know, obviously when we were younger, you go out and all, do all that sort of stuff, but I would much rather spend time with friends, you know, playing games, things like that. That's up my alley. Uh, I was just telling a buddy, I was like, okay, I was like, let's go to the shooting range in the, over Christmas. I was like, I have actually never been there. I was like, I want to make that shit happen. Yeah. Uh, just doing stuff like that, right? Like I went to, 
uh, an escape room the other day, and it's I've done it once before. I thought it was a ton of fun, but you kind of forget about it. I'm like, man, these are the types of things. Just like go on a Friday night, do these types of things. I'm not, I'm not big out. You know, I like to have some drinks, stuff with some buddies and, and friends and stuff like that. But I'm not gonna go out and get trashed and and uh, I just hate hangovers and uh, so having doing those types of things are always fun and I want to start doing a lot more of. Yeah. Um, just like you said, you just have to be. You get caught up in life. You get caught yeah. up in what you're trying to build and do. And all of a sudden you're like, oh shit. I haven't seen or talked to these guys in a while or whatever, so it's just making time for that. So, well, the coolest thing about this podcast because a lot of people kind of second guess me because they were thinking, well, like, what what's the purpose of this podcast? Like, it, it it's just going to drain you, but it's cool because it's blocked off this time because I'm picking my guests. So right. I'm like, oh, this week I want to hang out with this person. Right. Then I get like an hour. Let's have a conversation, time. right? And it's generally stuff that I want to talk about. Yeah. And so I think something like that is so important, like whether it be you're blocking off time to spend around quality time, quality friends. Like I agree. Like I'm not, I'm not saying any trainer that listens on this should like download Tinder and just make dates to make it happen. Like, <laughs> no, absolutely not. Like actually make time with people who make your life better. Yeah. Like that, that would probably be the best thing to do. And if, if you're definitely reminding yourself to do that, then that's perfect. And it's just, a, you know, we all enjoy it. You know, I love, I'm the first one to, want to have a good time with friends and laugh and all that sort of stuff and and uh so yeah and it's and it's like i said it's nice to be you know when friends reach out to you and be like yeah man let's do this let's get together it's you know create experiences and that's one big thing i'm you know i try and create in my businesses but also in in life is like i want experiences in life right yeah. and like it's kind of cool i had a client message me he's like hey man he's like you know um ask me some questions he's like you know any do you have any good ideas for experiences that's what me and my wife are doing um for Christmas this year, we're giving each other experiences. I'm like, ah, I love that, love that. I was like, that's what you're gonna remember, right? You're gonna remember, you know, not what somebody said, not what somebody did, but how you know someone made you feel, or how an event or doing something together made you feel, and that's that's what you're gonna remember long term, right? So, agreed. Yeah. Like my my family's going in the same direction. Um, we're we're not so much on the presence, but more of like, what can we do as a family that will remember that? Hundred like, percent. We'll we'll build that into our memory bank. Yeah. 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 Cherish that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, we're wrapping it up. Sweet. To that last question. Oh, okay. Here we go. Everybody gets. Here we go. What is one piece of advice that you would give to people on how to live their most authentic, fulfilling life? Oh, okay. Uh, man, there's a lot of stuff that I would say, but I would, I would say this, and this is what I got from people. If you want some some good stuff, some good nuggets, check out my man Ed Milet. Um, but one of the biggest things for me has always been chasing and achieving my full potential. So if that is what you're chasing, you can never, as you chase your potential, as you get better, that potential always gets outside your grasp, right? You can never catch your potential if you continue to try and push yourself. And so one of the things he mentioned and that kind of really stuck with me is whether you believe, have a faith or not, but imagine you die. You're up at the pearly gates, St. Michael, whoever you meet up there. And at the end of the day, I believe everyone's going to meet or come face to face with somebody that they could have been, the person they could have been, the person they were meant to be. And I want to be as close and know that person as much as possible at the end of my life. So if I show up at the end of my life and that person is a complete stranger, I have no idea who that individual is, that's going to be it's going to be sad, right? So for me, 
I think of that like, hey, I want to grow my full potential, authentic. There's no time to waste on all this other stuff. Take risks, take push yourself to a certain point, um, and don't let circumstances, don't let your past control what you're destined to do and what you feel. And a lot of people think maybe think that's cheesy and stuff, but again, I want to know that person that my highest potential at the end of my life. I want to be right on par with that person. I want to be right up there and know them, who they are, what they mean, what they stand for. And uh, that's going to push me to kind of continue to, to drive and, and just do cool things. And, and whether it's potential in business, potential in, in family life, whatever it is that your goal is and want to do, I want to make sure that that's, that's right on par and, and uh, ready to go. So I think, I think that's a mindset that people can get into to just continue to push themselves. And it, and it takes a while to to get in there and, and, it, and it's all about who you hang out with too i hang out with people that believe that stuff too um so when you start having these conversations it's not like oh man that's silly or corny or whatever it's like yeah f yeah man let's make this shit happen you know how can i help you you know how can we make this a win-win situation or whatever it is so just have that in mind have that in mind what can your potential self be what can what do you feel like you can get to and make sure you're the same person at the end of your days i like that that's really good yeah it's been a pleasure having you thanks brother i appreciate having me on all right we'll see you soon see you bud